Hey listeners, welcome to our podcast, Alphabet You Never Knew That, where three friends chill and talk about all things spooky, but in alphabetical order. Have you ever questioned the unknown? Are you wondering if there's supernatural things lurking out there? Things that are hidden from plain sight? Well, this is the perfect place for you. We are your hosts, Javeria, Mario, and Minel. And we post new episodes every other Friday. of haunted places or the occasional creeping ghosts, but we never hear about haunted items and objects. These objects are cursed beyond living and haunt people with crazy fear over something seemingly harmless. A person can attribute a house to be haunted, but if they looked around and paid attention, they would find the source of all evil hidden within plain sight. So today's topic is about Haunted items, uh, judging by our little intro here. And um, yeah, there's so many haunted items that we found in our research that it's kind of crazy and almost ridiculous um, at first glance or first um, researching about it. And yeah, we'd love to just share it with you guys and get started. So Min will take us off. All right. So I'm going to start off by talking about some furniture items that are actually known to be haunted. So the first one is called the Devil's Rocking Chair. And this one is kind of familiar to some of you guys, I'm sure. Um, So its origin is unknown, but this chair was passed to the Glatzel family. And this family was featured in The Conjuring 3. And it was essentially um, given to them in the 1950s, and it was just a simple piece of household furniture, but up until July 1980, um, this is when David Glatzel, who was 11, became possessed by a demon. And one night he woke up screaming and claimed that he had been visited by a man with big black eyes, and he had a thin face with animal features, jagged teeth, and pointed ears, horns, and hooves. So a lot of people, you know, associated this as kind of being like the devil and that's kind of where the devil came into the devil's rocking chair name. And so his family really um, agreed that David wasn't the type of person to be into scary movies or he he doesn't like make things up usually. So it was kind of unusual that he was reporting these things. And after this incident, he became really withdrawn and quiet. And his older sister, Debbie, actually asked her fiance, who he was very close with, um, Arnie Johnson, if he could stay with her family for a while and kind of give David a little bit more comfort and make him feel better. And obviously he agreed, but the problem was that it didn't really get any better. And David's nightmares kept occurring all the time. And he would see this man who would claim that he wanted to take his soul away. And that was really terrifying for him. And he had scratches and bruises all over his body. And a lot of weird things would only happen when he was asleep. And so Arnie started to also hear strange sounds in the attic. And when things got worse, David said he could only now see the beast while he was awake. And it got really bad and a lot of things escalated at that time. And so he was always sitting in the family's rocking chair. And now the beast had claimed it as his own since David used to sit in there too. So David now was 
uh, the one who saw the beast in this chair, but the family members often saw it rocking, rocking back and forth and also kind of seeing it have its own power in a way. So it was really unusual. And the family decided to bring a priest at this time because they wanted to bless the house, but this didn't help and actually made things a lot more worse. And as the sounds in the attics got louder, uh, David's visions increased and also he began to hear hissing at his family and um oh my god let me let me say that sentence again that was so bad okay uh david's visions increased and he began to hiss at his family and speak with multiple voices um he started to quote uh paradise lost and it doesn't seem like a book that 11 year old would read so it was very unusual and during the night someone had to stay up and watch david because he would always have seizures in the middle of the night so it got really really bad and so they decided to call Ed and Lorraine Warren. And as in the movie, as we saw in The Conjuring 3, he also began to make regular visits um, at their home. And, and so they also brought priests with them and they also performed many, many exorcisms. And so this often took place while David was seated in the rocking chair. And so it would also kind of, because of that, I think the, the demon had attached itself to it and it started moving on its own. And a lot of things mysteriously disappeared and reappeared in different places. And a lot of people witnessed the chair even levitating off the ground, including the Warrens and even the exorcist and even the family members witnessing this as well. And so after the final exorcism, the demon finally left David and he started feeling better a little bit at a time. But however, people didn't realize that the demon had actually transferred itself from David to Arnie and this is when things started really going out of place and even Arnie exhibited the same um, features like growling and hissing at people like David did. And so people really started, you know, started getting worried about this and this started to get really out of proportion. And so after this, um, we also see that he actually killed his landlord, Alan Bono, uh, with a five inch pocket knife. and. He stabbed the man all over and over and Debbie actually watched this and it was really terrifying for her but Bono actually died in the in the hospital and um, he was actually arrested because people thought that he murdered this guy on purpose but they didn't know that he was possessed and so obviously he was gonna be on trial and he pleaded of not guilty but it was really hard to prove of a demonic possession at that time so it got really bad and so um, demonic possession was actually used as a reason for murder for the first time in this case and it was really hard to prove it and it didn't really work so the judge actually refused to accept the plea and so he was actually found guilty of first degree manslaughter and he was receiving a 10 to 20 year sentence and so this was really bad at that time and for many years after the horrifying events the rocking chair actually still remains in storage and after this whole thing and incident happened, um, the Glassville family actually moved and the chair went with them. And so, however, over time, um, it was apparent that something was very wrong. And as I mentioned before, with the exorcisms and the chair levitating, it seems like the demon really attaches itself and even to this day is still attached to this uh, chair. And so um, it actually, a lot of people who have sat on this chair themselves um they actually have had abnormal back problems so a lot of people have had surgery because of this and 
even a person, a family member of this family, uh, they were actually unable to walk upright for more than 10 years after testing this chair and sitting on it. So it has a very notorious reputation for being very um, cursed and a lot of people try not to sit on it. And so now um, this chair is taking place in a haunted museum in Las Vegas. Uh, it's owned by Zach Baggins and he's a very famous ghost hunter as you guys might know. And so um, it actually, um, there's stains uh, on the original cushion of the chair. And it has been blessed with holy water and all the oils. There's still a part of that chair. And even though uh, a lot of people believe that there's a lot of evil that is attached to it and it surrounds it. And even before it was on display, it was already causing problems in the building itself. And soon after it arrived, um, the doors of the museum began shutting themselves and actually locking themselves as well. And a lot, a lot of the lights would switch on and off. And it created a horrible tension between staff members where the area of the chair was located in. And a lot of people who were shipping uh, to carry it and move it, they actually um, said that they were plagued by terrible nightmares after coming in contact with it. Like, it's so bad. And um, obviously, you know, because it's such a danger, they decided to move it into like a certain display where nobody can really sit in it. It's just kind of there. Um, but it's really has caused a lot of problems. And a lot of people try to, you know, try not to sit in it and a lot of people are too scared to even go in the room but they obviously put it up on display so yeah it's a very famous story now and it has a very big urban legend around it and there's also another really creepy story of another chair um i don't know what it is about chairs, chairs. but chairs yeah. chairs just chairs man i guess i want a rocking chair, chair. you guys so want creepy. it no <laughs> i want a rocking chair oh my god why but like a very fancy rocking chair oh <laughs> to like read on yeah to read on <laughs> and there's like a lamp that's like overlooking or on top and yeah it's just vibes and mood <laughs> hopefully it's not haunted yeah uh i don't think the mod the modern chairs wouldn't be haunted right I mean, yeah, if it's new, it's not going to be haunted. Just don't new, buy an uh, antique one. <laughs> an antique one, uh, like in someone's estate sale. Here, have a chair. It's really harmless. <laughs> yeah, just don't buy anything antique, basically, because <laughs> you don't ever know when it's like haunted or not. You just insulted the whole antique community. <laughs> I mean, okay, I guess that's my personal opinion, because I don't like antiques, but I guess the story kind of gives me support for that, because honestly, like, you never know. Mm -hmm. Just because it's an object doesn't mean it's harmless, you know? They should have, like, a full disclaimer for that. Oh, that's all I'm saying. All right, so moving on to the next story of that chair, um, so there's this chair called Thomas Busby's chair, and it's made out of oak, and it was reportedly cursed by its owner named Thomas Busby, and he was actually hanged for murder of his father-in-law, Daniel Otty, in 1702 in North Yorkshire, United Kingdom, and the murder happened when Busby and Otty were arguing about their criminal activities, and so after committing that murder that he did, um, Busby actually requested on his way to the gallows that he wanted to stop in his favorite pub and drink Al at one of his favorite chairs. And when he finished his drink, he declared that may sudden death come to anybody who dare sit in my chair. 
and legends say that Busby cursed the chair when he was caught for murder and other people also say that it could be after he was drunk on that chair and he just said it and he later cursed the chair after that. But the chair made its way to the pub during the Second World War and locals even say that the soldiers and airmen who sat on their chair never returned and became casualties of the war. Other people also linked the chair to fatal accidents in the early 1970s and to prevent further death, the chair was actually hanged on the ceiling to prevent people from sitting in the chair accidentally. So kind of similar to the older um, Devil's Rocking Chair, it also has kind of separated and on display so nobody can sit in it, but I mean, do you guys believe in a haunted chair? I don't know. Maria got a new chair. <laughs> it's not a rocking chair. Uh, I feel like in old houses, yeah, like the chair, like I would believe that that chair would be haunted if I walked into a creepy old house, but like usually no. I would sit on it. Knowing the person kind of person I am, I would just sit on it like a rock. Uh if it, if I knew if I, it was haunted, I probably wouldn't sit on it. But if you know, if I just saw like if I went to someone's house and it's like mm. an old house and they have like an old rocking chair, I'd sit on it. Yeah. But if they told me like a second later it was haunted, I'm out. Dang. I mean, if it's like an old looking chair. It's kind of creepy though. Like it gives you a creepy vibes, you no? Know? I don't know. I mean, it's kind of funny. Like how do demons and stuff attach themselves to these things? Like it's kind of yeah. funny. It's so weird. Um, it's like, like it's like a person. You could only think of a person sitting down in a chair. Right. Not like anything else cuz only people can sit down in chairs like that. Not yeah. really like other animals, right? And in the Thomas Busby case, like, he's a human being, and, like, he actually cursed the chair. So, like, do you guys think oh. that curses could be, like, a thing? Like, is that, like, I something think, that could work? I think, I think you can curse items and objects. Yeah. It's possible. If you put enough energy, I'm sure you mm -hmm. can. Dang. You have to have a lot of negativity to do that. A like, lot of wow. negativity, and I think it's just time and place, and... It, it just has to happen in that exact moment and then boom it's cursed why would someone do that like imagine just cursing like oh if anybody sits on my favorite chair mm -hmm. you're it's all gonna die chair. <laughs> oh my like, god that's, that's, that's some that's extreme, extreme stuff that's yeah extreme. <laughs> like bro that's kind of weird <laughs> so there's also this other object called the bassano vase and it was a 15th century vase that was made for an Italian maiden on her wedding night. And the young bride actually died that night and she clutched the vase and vowed to seek her vengeance. And each family member who had inherited the vase died until it was finally hidden away. And it's very unclear if the vase was actually buried on like some sort of sacred ground or if it was unearthed. Um, but apparently it was actually dug up in 1988 with a note inside reading, Beware, this vase brings death. And this vase was actually sold to a pharmacist who actually re reportedly died three months after, and as did the 37-year-old surgeon who had owned it next after her. And the last owners were also desperate to rid themselves of it, and they tossed it out of the window, where it hit a policeman on the head and it nearly killed him. 
and the family refuses to take the vase back but the vase was allegedly reburied um in a lead coffin and you know completely away from everything and nobody has dug it up but yeah very strange um kind of similar to like a curse but you know i guess people just really have some sort of vengeance Wait, why was she like so salty though um i actually don't know the story but apparently you know so maybe someone murdered her i think but oh yeah. but then like that's such a weird thing like a like a vase maybe know, it was right? an expensive yeah, like, vase why? I, it was made so maybe like she really loved it and then you know her whole probably had a story behind it yeah i think there's probably some story because she was like she clutched that vase and she was like yeah i'm gonna vengeance vengeance like you're all gonna get my vengeance if you even touch it or yeah yeah it isn't really yeah she just it just says she died like it doesn't say why but like she just was dying on that night and it was a wedding present so i guess that's wow. why she valued it more because you know it's your first wedding like you know it's your first it's, it's important it's your first wedding but she died that night yeah she oh, just maybe died. the base was already like cursed though maybe oh. it has something to do with the vase where she died and then she just amplified it more by saying those words i don't know so i think she there's like, like some kind of hidden like the the vase had some black magic or something on it and uh, yeah that's how she died and then she kind of said some words and then she made it go a little worse and then she and then each family member who was like oh okay i'll guess i'll have it even though it's my sister's um <laughs> wedding present and then they died it's almost like she the activated other. the curse then yeah she like she like really activated she like pressed to go she made it more extreme she manifested yeah. that for real. <laughs> she basically manifested it. And then, yeah, like, even in the 80s, like, someone died from it. Like, what the heck? That, like, lasted for so long. No, yeah, it's from the, se the 15th century. Like, it's been that long. The curse is still strong. To the 80s. What? Wow. So oh, it's, yeah. it's buried now, right? Yeah, yeah, it's buried. So nobody, Someone hopefully nobody takes it out. Someone please dig it up and send me a picture for it. Oh my god, they're gonna die, bro. <laughs> we I are not have... requesting anybody please, please, to do that Please, anyone to us. who wants to do this, please. <laughs> I would really appreciate it. Thank you. No, um, I will be going against that. Um, please don't do that. <laughs> it's not worth it, as you can see. Um, but yeah, oh very gosh. creepy. I never knew a vase could be haunted. That's really random. But um, yeah, so there's also this other one. Um, it's called the Woman from Lem, and it's actually a statue that was discovered in 1878 in Lem, Cyprus. And this was actually a limestone statue that was believed to be the fertility goddess. And rather than blessing the beholder with life, it actually um, was to bring a legacy of death to all who handle it and it's dating back from 350 or 30 i can't read 3500 bc and it actually is very old and the bad luck actually began with its figure's first owner named lord elfont and within a six-year period 
of Lord Elfon's possession of the idol, all seven members of his family actually died under mysterious circumstances, and all the owners also lost their kin, including Sir Alan Biverbook, uh, who decided to donate this goddess of death statue to the Royal Scottish Museum in Edinburgh, and is actually kept to this day um, under glass, so nobody, you know, can actually get near it. Yay. But um, yeah, it's very Scottish old. fans out there? <laughs> Please <laughs> tell us if this is true. I mean, it seems pretty legit. It looks, I mean, if you ever look at the statue's image, like, you can barely see anything. Like, the face is, like, not there, but it's, like, yeah, it looks so old. Yeah, it oh, just looks yeah. like a figure. Style. Yeah, very weird, though. And it's, like, the fertility god is, like, supposed to be, like, a positive thing, but it's so weird why it's, like, bad. I know. Mm. It's a little, maybe I it's, like, the person. Happened. Yeah, maybe the person who made it is, like, you know, not a good person. Not. Definitely. She's a ven a woman of vengeance. <laughs> Very creepy. Um. Mm -hmm. Um. And another chair. Look at that. We found another <laughs> chair. Um, but this is actually in Rhode Island, uh, in Newport, and it's actually a chair of Belcourt Castle. Um, Belcourt Castle is actually a very famous um area in Rhode Island. It's one of the most haunted mansions uh, over there. And it actually has, it's a notorious reputation for being haunted, but it's actually not necessarily the ghosts over there that are haunting it, but it's actually the haunted antiques that make that uh, mansion more haunted. And it was actually owned by Oliver Hazy or Oliver Hazard Harry Belmont. And it was, um, a part of the Belcourt's gothic ballroom um, and anybody who tries to sit in this certain chair reports feeling a wave of resistance while other chairs actually push people out of their chairs and if the hostile chairs weren't enough Belcourt also has a lot of screaming suit of armor um, whose original owner actually was killed when a spear pierced the armor's eye slit it's like very mm. creepy yeah but <laughs> They have a ton of like objects in that mansion that are haunted and the ghost of a monk clad in a brown robe has also been sighted at the mansion and there's a ton of banned photography like people they're not allowed to you know take photos anywhere um but the pictures actually if you ever take them they actually reveal like orbs floating through the room so you can actually see I it through the photos see an orb in that picture too what where right in the middle Oh yeah, right? that's is that an orb? I think that's an orb. I thought it was a flower, a or a no. light. <laughs> no, it's an orb, right? <laughs> I don't know. Kind of creepy though. Um, but yeah, very strange. Another incident of a chair. Oh man, so many chairs. I know all these chairs. What's up I with that? I think back then, like they just put all the curses on chairs. <laughs> Yeah, very wow. strange. Um, and there's also another object called Myrtle's Plantation Mirror. And this one is also known as one of America's haunt most haunted homes. It's a part of one of those. And um, it's also an alleged site of as many as 10 murders that have happened in that mansion. Oh my god. Um, it's actually a mansion of St. Francisville, Louisiana. 
and it has a very mysterious mirror uh, that was actually purchased by the home's owner sometimes three or four decades ago and it has the ghost of sarah woodruff the original mistress of the house and her children and custom dictates that mirrors should be covered when someone dies so that the soul of the deceased doesn't get caught in the mirror instead of ascending to heaven and apparently at sarah's death the mourners actually did not do this and the visitors at Myrtle's plantation have actually seen handprints materialize in the mirror and they see like tons of drip marks and nothing even if you clean it as much as you need to it just will not go away like it's just imprinted in the mirror it's very creepy like forever mm. like it's it does it come and go or i actually don't it? know maybe it's like it comes and then it just vanishes on its own like you can't clean it off like oh it's my so god weird. that is so scary oh my god yeah it reminded me of some story i had but like i'm not i don't want to share it <laughs> i mean is it about a mirror it's not a mirror but it's like a glass Ooh, what's the story it's like literally in the kitchen um like i noticed or like my mom noticed um a handprint but it wasn't like a human handprint what was it like it was so weird because human handprints are different like you can kind of see more um i guess of our ridges or um or palms and everything but this one was like completely black oh what it was like a black outline of a hand (gasps) was it really like like was the size like a human hand it was huge whoa what the heck did you get scared um huh didn't you get scared um yeah we were kind of like creeped out um but yeah we're just trying not to think about it too much and yeah it was on a glass like was it on like it was like a glass um, do you still have the glass maybe you should cover it or something it's like oh a screen door glass like oh, one of those from like the outside it's like inside oh and it's weird because no one really opens the door like that or i don't know mm-hmm. how it could be you know what i mean um like i don't know how it would be possible because you open like there's like a handle to open it Mm-hmm. and i don't know it was like it was like this I don't know, like oh my god like flat horizontal did you see like one handprint like that's it yeah it was, a, it was that whoa that's creepy the house is haunted oh my god so kitty and i'm just not don't say that please don't say that don't say that <laughs> or it could be something like an object god. okay no, no, no. this next one is actually gonna take you by surprise took me by surprise when i researched this um this one is actually um a bunk bed that is haunted um so when deborah and alan tallman moved into their new house the their hauntings had actually never happened in that house and they were very happy but it was on one day in 1987 that the couple decided to buy bunk beds from a second hand store and they thought that they had they had a steal on this bunk bed because it only costed them a hundred dollars. And a year later, um, they moved out of their house because the hauntings that began when the bed was in their possession were insane and it was extremely um, excruciating. And they had to endure nine months of pure terror from this. And they actually experienced radios and clocks turning themselves on 
They began seeing apparitions in their home and even hearing voices and ghostly women appearing out of nowhere in their house. Um, and as mentioned earlier, they actually moved away from their house and they buried the bunk beds that were um, responsible for the hauntings in a landfill so that nobody could ever use them again. And they're still buried to this day, um, but there are tons of haunted you know, stories that are similar to this, but I've never heard of a bunk bed being haunted. It's very oh, random. It's like hundred dollars. That was like a steal. <laughs> yeah, it's like a wooden bunk bed, so that's pretty insane. But mm-hmm. like very they just strange. got it from a thrift store. Like imagine us buying something from there. <laughs> right. Yeah, like, and it looks serious? so ordinary too. Like yeah. it doesn't. It looks like a simple looking like bunk bed. You know. It's literally something you can create. If you literally, have. yeah. Yeah. Like who would have thought? You know. So, so how did they know it was the bunk bed? Um, they said that that house that they were in. Um, I think they said it was they were already in that house. You know, like it was pretty normal. But then they said after oh. those bunk beds appeared, that's when things started really going off, and then they buried it. So I'm assuming that nothing else happened after that. But wow, how do you bury a bunk bed? That's like so deep. Maybe they took it apart. Oh, okay, yeah, I wasn't right. thinking Yeah, I would, like, like, I would, like, sledgehammer that. I would burn it. Yeah, I and burn it, and burn it. Yeah, I heard you can actually, like, if it's or, something cursed, you can burn it or bury it. I would or what about it make so it into no paper? It up. <laughs> like, what if no, you made it into paper? No, that'll still be haunted. It's written oh, okay. paper, haunted, haunted paper. Notes. I'm gonna write a haunted note to you. <laughs> a haunted notebook. It's gonna turn into death note. Oh my god, yes! This is ingenious. Wow, the person, like, maybe someone who owned this probably died in it. Like, <laughs> on the bed. Oh my god. Oh my god. Or something worse. Like, maybe. Like, or they got they murdered. Died. They got murdered or something, yeah. Yeah. Oh my god, that is Dude, scary. that's so <laughs> random, though, like... It's a bunk bed. So creepy. It's a bunk bed. Oh my god. Man. Dude, that's what I'm saying. Thrift stores, man. (laughs) Oh, now I'm scared. Um, This is why. You should be careful around (laughs) secondhand objects. And it looks so normal, too. I know. It looks looks like something out of Ikea or something. (laughs) Yeah. Oh. (laughs) Like, that's not okay. And lastly, for the object section of this episode, um, we're going to go into the D-Book box. I hope I'm saying that right. Um, But it's according to a Jewish folklore, the D-Book is a dark spirit that actually takes over bodies uh, of living people and uses them for evil. And so a lot of legends say that this um, this demon or the debut they call it um, can be trapped inside of a box and that allows them to like not do any mischief or get out and cause trouble but if the object or the box is opened that's when you release that that demon and so several years ago um, the well, there's a story actually with Zach Baggins who has a debut box actually in his museum so he was telling that um he came up and saw it on ebay once and the seller listed a vintage wine cabinet that was from a woman who had survived a world war ii concentration camp and the seller who was an antique dealer named kevin manis he actually was the first owner's grand that he claimed actually that the first owner's granddaughter was terrified of this box and she actually warned him 
that it held a debut. So after buying the cabinet, he was um, plagued by a lot of unfortunate events and reoccurring nightmares of an old lady that would actually attack him and cause him to wake up with bruises on his body. Um, he also experienced an overpowering stench of cat urine in his house. And um, his actually, his mother suffered a stroke while opening the box, too. So Aww. it was really bad, yeah. And he actually decided Dang. to get rid of it. Um, and the box actually ended up in the hands of a Missouri Medical Museum director named Jason Haxton, who was very skeptical about this. Um, and at first, he did not believe it, but... After acquiring the box, his eyes began to bleed out, and he had strange rashes all over his body. And he also had a dream, similar to the previous guy, of being attacked by an old lady that would also, when he would awake, have bruises on his body. So according to Kevin, yeah, it's very scary, actually. And he said that Mm. while the box was in his basement, he he claimed that there was a man that died there, and his body was found lying next to the box. So he eventually became so terrified of this box that he reached out to scientists and rabbis and they told him to build a wooden ark lined with 24 karat gold and be placed the box inside of that and bury it in the ground. So the only time this box was opened was when it was owned by Jason Haxton. Um, but he actually retrieved it from the burial site and actually was there was a feature on Zach Baggins show um, called Deadly Possessions and he opened it on the show. And so when he opened it, he found the contact, the, the objects in there were actually very intact. And in the box, there was a dried rose, two coins from the 1920s, a small gold kiddish wine ca- goblet and uh, two locks of hair an octopus-legged candlestick holder called a Shabbat, and an engraving of the word Shalom, which means peace in Hebrew. So when Kevin opened this box, the lights in the building started to flash, and a lot of weird sounds started happening. And the weirdest part was that Kevin actually turned to face a wall, and he got into a very weird state, and he had a, a strange expression on his face. His voice changed, and he started to recite a story about a shadow man all of a sudden. And then he started, yeah, he started speaking in tongue and he's making weird whistling sounds from his mouth and he started sweating and he began to cough. It was so weird. And so Zach actually decided to buy this box from him and uh, he put it on display at the Haunted Museum. And because of the sinister nature of the box, uh, only visitors over the age of 18 have actually have to sign a waiver and who are, you know, to be able to see it. And oh my God. And people who have actually visited the museum in the in the room where the box is still there, um, they've actually fainted, became dizzy, and even sick being near the box. And people have also wow. witnessed a shadowy cloaked figure actually pass directly through the doors of the room where it was on display. So a lot of people have like seen weird stuff and even tour guides have had, one of them actually saw that her face got shoved into a case like oh where the box was like she was literally shoved by this thing so yeah very scary and i guess that warning what was that? very true why would they put that in a museum i mean zach uh baggins <laughs> he's like famous for having like cursed weird objects in that museum and he has it up for like anybody to come in though but yeah, yeah. I bet he's just like an enthusiast so yeah, yeah. oh my wait so 
Oh, uh, we need to watch that. <laughs> was it recorded? Can you? Uh, yeah, I think it was a whole episode. Like, on we need to we need to watch that. <laughs> I need to yeah. like see this. I'm pretty yeah. sure anybody can watch it on YouTube. I'm pretty sure if you like look it up. But yeah, yeah, it's very scary, and not just this one. This is probably like a pretty you know famous story. But tons of people like I you know if you look on YouTube, like people opening up these boxes, like they like random stuff starts moving. Like that demon is like super active. Like that it doesn't is just... crazy. Yeah, it doesn't sleep. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, clearly it's like waiting to get out I of that box. If you can, oh you can put it back in the box, right? Um, or I mean, need like a uh, rabbi or something. I actually don't know. I don't think it's gonna go back in the box on its own. I'm pretty sure you'd have to like do something. And in um, in that Jason Haxton guy's case, he had to actually like make a arc around it so that it could go back in. So I guess there's like a certain way to like do it. Yeah, you have to outsmart it. Yeah. So why did he put gold around it? I don't know. I mean, that's what I think the rabbi said. And like, maybe that's like a repellent to make them not get out. So How he op Oh, sorry. Oh, no, no, no. Continue, continue. So he opened the box and the ghost like came out of it? or? Yeah, exactly. Still... Oh my god. So it, why like, is the ghost out. still attached to the box? Doesn't it just like go on its own? I mean, they open the box, so I'm assuming that once you open the box, it's like, it's still there, you know? It, like, just because you close the box doesn't mean it's gonna go back in, you know? Like, it's gonna still, True. you know, once you open it, you open it. It's like, kind of like Pandora's box in a way, like, once you open it, it's like, you that's it, it, you know? So, that's kind of creepy, okay. though, yeah. Why would you open it? Yeah, I know. Did they not hear the warning? <laughs> Very wow. strange, though, yeah. But there's like tons of these boxes like it's not like it's you know um like one or two of them there's like a lot that are actually very famous uh these debut boxes like they you can actually buy them online even now so very oh crazy snap <laughs> yeah all right so well, javeria do you want to take it away with I'll your take topic it. I'll take it away. Thank you so much. So I'm going to talk about, well, here, I'll pose a question. Can clothes be haunted? So we've heard about the furniture being haunted, but can your clothes be haunted? No. No? Oh my God, I changed your mind right now. Um, so, okay, this is one case about a haunted wedding dress. So this is the story of the Bakers, which were a wealthy family in Pennsylvania in 1849. And so uh, the one of the Baker's, da the daughter, Anna Baker, she fell in love with a man that worked for them, so scandalous. And um, obviously the dad, uh, he was a very patriarchal figure, very like, you know, controlled everyone with an iron fist. He didn't approve of this relationship, which meant that Anna had to let go and not marry him. Even though she really desired to marry him, she didn't, had like wedding dress made like everything was like she just wanted to marry him but yeah she had to like let go of that decision and you know basically she made a she made a promise to herself to not marry again out of sadness and misery out of the um out of not marrying her lover and so but actually once her father died in 1848 uh she wanted to visit how the man was like how was he doing but he only to find out that he already settled down with someone else and that just made her spiral into a lot of 
um, crazier emotions. Like she became bitter, angry, sad. And that was like her only chance of happiness, but it was all lost because of her father and he, and she heavily blamed him. And, and yeah, it eventually led her to become crazy. She was declared insane by the townspeople for like her erratic behavior and, you know, just very like anti-social, anti-social, uh, like, yeah, she was just anti-social behavior. And um, so basically, um, she kind of inherited the mansion because the Bakers, they lived in like this huge mansion that you can still visit today. Um, and she would dance the hallways at night with her wedding dress on and she would just, you know, feel the music and, you know, pretend like she was going to get married every night. Um, but yeah, it's really sad. Um, but yeah, the Baker Mansion is now opened for everyone as a historical museum. In, 18, in 1941 and there has been um, a reported a lot of reported incidents of several paranormal and unexplainable in incidents so the white dress that she wore uh, was cased until a few um, a few years back until it was put out of display in order to preserve it but before this was done it was often seen like the glass um, of the case would violently shake as if someone was trying to get inside and even a lot of people noted, like the uh, people who worked there, uh, that at times during the full moon, the dress would dance and move by itself along with the ghost inhabiting it. So that's how it looks like. <laughs> it would dance. Yeah. Like it would just be on like its wedding you know, day. Yeah, like someone's wedding day. Oh, that's so scary. You just see it dancing on the side. <laughs> Like, by itself. By itself. <laughs> just like literally like a ghost within it. Maybe it's like her. Yeah, it's her. But yeah, that like Dang. dress looks haunted just by looking at it. It just it looks I don't even I don't even want to look at it anywhere actually. It looks so old and like, you know. It just creepy. looks so weird. Like, yeah, it does. I don't know. It just gives me uncomfy feelings. Is there shoes at the bottom? I think those are shoes. <laughs> yeah, she got them everything custom made, but she never got Damn married girl. in it. Yeah, it's sad. It's a little differently for us girls out there. <laughs> we know the um, feel. We know the feel. We know the feel. The feel. Um, but yeah, this is well, this is like a different case now. So this is like much earlier, like much earlier, um, or recent in the future. And this is about a woman and her husband. Uh, they or they were about to get married um when this happened and they were hiking down a small town between Fairfax and Carbonado Washington and uh, they where they came across came across uh, an old gold rush town that was completely abandoned and after searching through remnants of a small cottage they came across this dress and her first reaction was it was so gorgeous she she froze at the sight of it it was almost like alluring her like calling her to it and just, she just felt so like amazed so she immediately brought it home and um things started happening since then after a week having the dress uh she noticed her cat beginning to hide underneath the bed almost all day and she almost spent um yeah she 
where like where she normally was very active she kind of was like the cat was like very like secluded like she didn't want to come out anywhere and things started to move around the house first it was like you know very small things like socks and then um and then basically the closet would open in the morning even though she remembered it being closed during at night uh, before bed and then yeah a lot of things with the the cat's food tray would just be thrown across the room with like crazy velocity and yeah it just used to happen a lot uh, the, the house would smell like rotten eggs and fire in the bedroom and it would just happen night after night and even like flies would started to like pile up um in the back windows and just swarm around the front door um yeah uh so basically she was just like okay um maybe i should like bless the dress with holy water i don't know but that only made things much worse actually and then it started the door slamming the lights turning on and off candles being blown out in still air like footsteps all around the apartment heavy like sighs near her ears where she can feel the breath and um yeah she just was like okay um let me give it to my mother-in-law mother-in-law um to like alter it and um so the mother-in-law had the dress for two months and from from those two months there was like basically no activity less tension like everything was almost back to normal so that's when she kind of like really connected the two together and tried to sell the dress for like right now at six hundred dollars um six hundred dollars for a haunted yeah. dress it used to be like i think twelve hundred and now she's like oh no it's six yeah uh, she got a lot of hate for uh it too um she was like one of the comments was like i'm glad she's being haunted for it sounds like karma to me i hope the ghost comes at her harder too for not only her theft but her attempt to what she's stolen for six hundred dollars i mean it's kind of like she's like stole it you know from like True, the, yeah. uh, ghost town like a wedding dress yeah like why is she like randomly picking up stuff from like you know like you don't even know who owned it that's so weird yeah that's the thing she just took she was just so entranced by the look of it uh where she just wanted to have it so much and it was like the perfect occasion because she was getting married and um yeah <laughs> she didn't get haunted like the mom the mom that's what i wondered but i don't think so maybe she did um or maybe it was like connected to the bride because she was about to get married mm-hmm. yeah maybe you know what i mean she was i guess the wedding dress latched onto her like that but yeah um basically tried to sell it for six hundred dollars that's <laughs> onto the wedding gown <laughs> It's kind of pretty, though. I will say it's pretty looking. <laughs> it's prettier than the other one. It's prettier than the other one, for sure. Yeah. It doesn't look as old as the other one. It doesn't. Um, maybe it's, like, a maybe, more recent one. Yeah, I'm thinking maybe the 20s. Maybe the early. Yeah, like, 20s, 30s, maybe. 30s. I'm not a wedding dress expert, so... <laughs> But yeah, it's it's much better than that other one. This ghost seems to hate cats, though. That poor cat. Snatching his food bowl. How dare she? 
the cat it had like some grudge against the cat i guess it was a dog person <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's like no <laughs> it's like no no but yeah i would never take something i don't know yeah. or maybe maybe i actually would take some <laughs> i don't know like a like something like really pretty i mean oh, i no, guess no, no, no. Like, I guess the argument is like, is it stolen because it was abandoned? You know, like nobody really claimed it that at that point. Yeah. But the thing exactly. is, it's just kind of weird. Like, why would you just randomly take stuff? Just, you know. I mean, a a wedding dress, you just buy it. Yeah, just mm-hmm. buy it. Or, or you can like, buy vintage wedding dresses. They they like yeah, in exactly. brick and mortar stores. You can definitely find that. She's asking like basically for it. Yeah, yeah, that's a lot of people saying. He said it was a gold rush town, so that's like hella old. A gold rush. It's like definitely in like the 1800s, I believe. Oh, oh yeah, it's like, yeah, it's like really old. Yeah, I don't it's, think. I, yeah. I just think of like a Wild West wedding. Right, yeah. <laughs> like but... a saloon. What's up with like weddings being like having curses? Like there's like dresses, vases, like what's going on? Oh my God. So I funny. Guess... You need a lot more blessings during that time. So back then, it was like all about getting married. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And maybe something happened. I don't know. Like, it's a ghost town. Now I want to go to a ghost town. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess it's like wood woman. Like, we feel more, you know, interested in like attached. the wedding day. Like, that's yeah, like for us. Like, the dress is, the every- is everything. Yeah. Like the wedding, the gifts, the ceremony, and I guess like the food. (laughs) Yeah, so I guess like when it doesn't work out, it's like oh man. But I guess these women took it too far because they're just like, let's just curse this dress. (laughs) Nobody's gonna wear the whole day. Yeah, they're just mad. If I can't wear it, nobody can. (laughs) Yeah. Dang. Submit bridezilla. Bridezilla. Well, okay, I guess it brings to the question of vintage fashion. So there's this, like, blog uh, that was written by Gracie Opulenzola. Opulenzola? Opulenzola? I'm sorry. <laughs> so basically, she's kind of, like, um, questioning whether secondhand clothing can carry the original stories, or original owner's spirit. And um, so basically, she kind of details, like, a lot of items she's bought had made her ill and um she believes that clothing can be cursed and they carry the spirit uh, within the fabric and um so yeah basically she tells you to like choose um how to choose positive vintage clothes um basically if it um like she kind of goes through like a test with them like trying to put like she puts them outside the home and if she feels like a piece and change within her home after putting it outside she knows the clothing is haunted so she goes Wait, what do you like mean some... like change like what like what does it look so, different so i guess like if she, like similar to the wedding dress thing um so if she bought a, a vintage item it, her house was like acting weird and everything so if she puts it outside or takes it outside the house the house is completely back to normal she knows the clothing is haunted. Oh, okay, got it. Yeah. And um yeah, she kind of feels like that positive energy. So um basically also another thing is that um she wants you to be aware of secondhand gifts and um just it's like 
just because the gifts do not like work for you like the curse or anything that doesn't mean you can give it to someone else um you know like don't don't give someone a, a gift a curse gift just because you felt the curse um, i mean you're kind of like endangering the other person then because they're gonna yeah. have to to deal with that too Mm-hmm. yeah that's that's interesting i mean um, i guess it's ever. like I guess the only way to like get rid of it would be like to destroy the item or like probably bury destroy the item. Yeah, yeah bury it. It just does not belong to you. So yeah. Um, uh, another thing is that whenever she walks into a Gucci store, she gets like a bad feeling. Really? Um, yeah. So she has a vintage Gucci bag that she gave away um, because it did not fit well in her. Um, in her soul um, wait she goes into a gucci store and she feels bad vibes like even on new uh, stuff yeah <laughs> oh um, wow i guess maybe the brand or something maybe she doesn't feel like uh feel right within it I, bad vibes whoa. i don't know she gets like this bad, bad vibes it's like she details why is gucci brand so unsettling to me i feel in my spirit that this brand mistreated staff in the past i feel like they're not being honest or genuine in the fabrics that they claim to be in italy there's an honesty with the brand of gucci and i think she's based in italy or something um, don't go to gucci guys <laughs> um gucci uh we are not promoting gucci <laughs> it's just don't sue us i'm sorry i don't know i mean that's actually kind of weird because i guess this is more like on a brand level it's not like on a like because everything that you've mentioned so far is like vintage items but this isn't vintage it's like new but i guess maybe it's like the effect of the brand is on the clothes yeah seriously um it's i so think it's strange. just she stresses a lot about how the clothes like how do those secondhand clothes or vintage clothes like make you feel like if it makes you feel like negative or it makes you feel like sick like she's had before um like just do not like just trust your clothing gut and you know things have bad vibes just give it away or you know or not give it away um like just yeah put it to rest bury it in the ground or burn it one or the other yeah or also like if a ring is from a divorce or stolen just don't yeah consider it as well. oh really Ooh. yeah so it's kind of I mean... awkward though like you're wearing <laughs> a ring like why would you wear someone else's ring i don't know maybe some but people do that if you thrifted it and you didn't know oh that's so oh weird God. just buy a new one yeah just buy me one yeah tiffany tiffany diamond <laughs> I mean, if you want, go on Etsy. Etsy got tons of wedding Etsy, rings, you know. Okay, Etsy. <laughs> Call them out. <laughs> um, yeah, so speaking of diamonds, um, let's go on to the Kohinoor diamond. And uh, this originally was named uh, Samantik Mani. And that only, uh, the Kohinoor, um, the phrase came from like a Persian general named Nadir Shah in 1739, where he supposedly cried out Ko Inur, which means um, mountain of light, upon uh, discovering the diamond that was like uh, hidden within like the Mughal emperor's uh, Muhammad Shah's turban. And um, there's like a saying where he who owns this diamond will rule the world, but will also know all of its misfortune. Only God or a woman 
can wear it with impunity. And that is like from a Hindu curse written in 1306 AD. And the first recorded instance of this Gonghi Nur um, involves a prince named Humayun who received the diamond and uh, basically he suffered from ill luck from for the rest of his life and uh, his, supposed, his supposed heir, Sher Shasuri, um, came into possession of the diamond and like he also passed away afterwards, slowly, uh, shortly afterwards. And the victim, after, for, after being a victim of a cannon fire, then basically Sher's son, Jalal Khan, he inherited the Kohinoor but then he was murdered by his brother-in-law brother uh, and um, then Shah Jahan, like who made the um, great, like the Taj Mahal, uh, he had the diamond on, uh, on the peacock throne, which was the Mughal throne of India. And then well, like Shah was in, betrayed and imprisoned by his own son. And um, the legend says that uh, <clears throat> Shah would uh be able to like see his beloved Taj Mahal by seeing the reflection of his the diamond and um uh his son the I, I don't want to say his I, I don't want to butcher his name so I'm not gonna say it. uh I'm sorry I don't want to butcher it um so he took the diamond to Lahore where it stayed till like 1739 and that's when <clears throat> general like Nadir Shah the Persian general um, he invaded India and claimed ownership of the diamond but eventually it cycled through the British crown where they came into possession of the Kohinoor after Ranjit Singh which was the last owner of the diamond and he and who died basically and it wasn't in a Ranjit Singh Oh, did I say Shah? I meant Rajin Singh. I'm sorry. So he came um, at the time of... So basically, it kind of cycled through like like the secret transfer of the East India Company in London, which kind of caused controversy. And um, yeah, I don't know. It's like very controversial, but that's basically what happened. And now it's like in the possession of the British. I didn't know jewelry could be haunted too. Yeah, um, this is... I didn't know about this curse actually, and I didn't actually know much about the history of the diamond. I just knew it was like a very important diamond from India, and mm-hmm. um, and now it's like, uh, and uh, how like India kind of wants it back, right? So I didn't. I know. mean, yeah, that's messed yeah. up. Like the British just took it. Like they just, you know, they just doing all that all the time, you know. I feel like they should just get what what's rightfully theirs. Like that's so bad. Yeah. Um. And it seems like they're aware of this curse as well because um. Only female heirs, or even the wife of the king, or something, or the heir, mm-hmm. um. Only they can wear the Kohinoor diamond. Not even the men. Oh, wow. So I yeah, they're aware. They're they know they know, they they dumb. Yeah, it's part of the curse. So that's actually kind of like insane like it actually applies to to people in real life too huh so if you have the diamond and you like mistreat it where you will you die mm, i don't know yeah if you i guess if they like wear it if you're a guy mm-hmm. you can die 
which I, I mean, if I wear it, nothing gonna happen to me, supposedly. It only, like, affects men, then. Yeah, it affects men. I guess, you know, you know, a man, a king who wants to rule the world. But, yeah, I guess, I guess that comes along with it. Easy way to kill a bad king. Yeah. Just give him cursed items. A greedy king. Because he'll want to learn, rule the world, but um, the diamond will, like, bring on misfortune, so. Mm. I didn't know about this, so this was interesting. Yeah, it's very interesting. I didn't know about this. Yeah, but, um, yeah, I, I still think it should be back in India, personally. Um, my thoughts. Um, and it's a really pretty, it's a really chunky diamond. It's, like, pretty big. I don't have a picture of here, sorry. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty weighty. Um, but moving on to another Indian gem. Um, this is the history of the Delhi purple sapphire. And this is, this traces back to the 19th century where India was like in turmoil um, with the British. And it was like a lot of like a lot of backlash and everything. And uh, basically um, a lot of, the, some of the British would um, kind of loot some of the Indian temples and palaces to take treasures. And one of the temples that was looted was the Temple of Indra in, in Kanpur, Kanpur. And this is in 1855, a, like a cavalryman, Bengal cavalryman, a Colonel uh, W. Ferris. And um, he thought the purple sapphire, um, so he thought it was actually a purple sapphire, um, but I think it was like an amethyst. Um, so yeah, it's not a sapphire. I think it's an amethyst. And uh, he left, so basically he took it with him uh, when he left India and returned home to his family. And when he returned back to um, England, he began to suffer a lot of financial and health misfortunes that led his family to ruin. And he was just like, like basically the whole family was suffering and illnesses and um but he was only thinking about the gemstone and um his fears kind of came to life <clears throat> when a friend of the family kind of committed suicide after borrowing the stone so um that was crazy that's, so that's insane i know right it's that was like he just basically so, borrowed the stone and how did they know that that was the cause i think things started to change after he brought the stone and um basically anyone who came in contact with the stone was like uh going through illnesses and um I th- it just had some sort of power mm-hmm. like it was from a temple um so so crazy um, so certainly some religious aspects in there. <clears throat> but yeah, basically, he didn't want any part of it. And um, in 1990, it, it went to Edward Heron Allen. So Allen was a writer and a scientist, and he just, he did not believe in this mystery. So um, after taking it from Ferris's son, he began to, the scientists began to feel misfortunes too from the stone. And he was then, then he was like, sure, okay, this is cursed. So, 
So basically, he tried to fight the curse with um. He had the gem in a silver ring, like like a double-headed snake. And oh wait, I think this is sapphire. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, the amethyst was the scare the scare beetle. So basically, he tried to like contain the stone in like a very um. Like, so that would calm down, so no more curses that would come from it. And, um, like, he just was tried a lot of astro- astrological things and alchem- alchemical, al- alchemy things. And, um, basically, he, the only sign of the curse was the ghost of a Hindu yogi that hunted um, Heron Allen uh, that was desperately searching for the gem. And... Basically, uh, in 1902, uh, he agreed to lend a sapphire to a friend who almost immediately struck with misfortunes. And then he just was like, okay, you know what? I just can't deal with it anymore. He threw it, the stone into, region, into the regent's canal, thinking he got rid of the curse. But then three months later, the ring was um, found from the ca- canal and it was taken to a local jeweler who immediately recognized like the stone and I guess some of the symbols and then it returned back to him. So <laughs> he really couldn't get rid of it. Um, and then, um, yeah, basically, yeah, many people who tried to like borrow the stone from him would be cursed. One of them was like a singer who lost her voice after wearing the cursed gemstone. So, oh my God, poor thing. Yeah, she can't sing anymore. <laughs> uh, that's yeah. Uh, so basically, um, in 1943, so after Heron Allen's death, his daughter. Oh, um, no, actually, uh, no, sorry, backtrack that. Um, so he had like a in a newborn daughter, so a sca- like he was afraid that the gem would influence her. So basically, he locked the per- the sapphire into seven boxes with good luck charms and he deposited it into a bank with instructions so it can't be open 33 years after his death like this was like serious stuff and uh in 1943 then after like his daughter sent the lockbox containing the gem and to the national to, na- to the natural history museum with instructions with the same instructions not to be open 33 years after the death so that stayed until 1972. And then this is like when, uh, you know, someone, a curator from the museum, he uncovered the box, uh, he or she uncovered the box and found the gem was, the gem and the strange letter written. And then, yeah, the letter was just written about the story behind the gem and uh, warned him of anything, of any misfortunes. And so um, to this day, the the sapphire is, in fact, oh, uh, it is an amethyst. I'm sorry. Sorry, I had to like go through so many hoops for that. <laughs> um, and now it's now at the Natural History Museum, and it is all, often on public display. So the museum, like, they kind of believe that, uh, you know, Heron Allen, he probably was like on something. He manufactured a lot of the stuff, but there's like still a rumor that goes on that the gem has an evil influence and those close to it um the curse will only like it has a lot of influence on the curse is still very much alive and the curse can only be um you know 
over once it's returned back to where it truly belongs its rightful place that's that's the story of the <laughs> seems like there's a lot of crystals coming out of india for some reason oh people are I... just not putting them back <laughs> um, i'm just saying like we got you mess you mess with indian gemstones i mean it's intense it's really what do you think of the like look um it looks really pretty yeah it's like huge oh my god i wouldn't think it it has a curse or anything yeah it's like i mean and now i guess with the like writing it looks kind of very ancient it's actually an amethyst so it's really it's really pretty the the signs are a little weird though but yeah, I guess yeah, that's done. I mean, I still would never. St- it would not stop me from getting a gem. Yeah, no, I. <laughs> I don't know. I. It's just like, how would you know? How would you know? I misfortune if you hit with illness. True. If like one day I buy something and and I just feel off or like. I experienced just like something happening that it didn't happen before then I would be like okay now like you know now I'll be more aware when mm-hmm. I buy something yeah secondhand clothes whether it's secondhand clothes jewelry mm-hmm. um I will think could twice. be anything yeah right oh my god yeah. can't clothes aren't even safe jewelry isn't even safe come on come on what am I supposed to work <laughs> with here come on people well, we've been safe so far, so we've been safe. Um, we good. It's good so far, so um, hopefully it doesn't happen. <laughs> but yeah, Maria, you wanna take us home? <laughs> yeah. So my part is a little less, um, not to say less scary, but something you wouldn't ha- like. Normal people wouldn't have to worry about. Um, so my part is about paintings. Um, so when we think about art, um, art definitely influences a lot of us, especially those who are very invested in art and the feelings that they get out of it. Um, they have, I like when you look at art, you have like thoughts and emotions and it brings tears and laughter, but some other art can genuinely um, create some undesirable effects um, that can be really really bad so we're gonna talk about top 10 um, paintings in the world that I came across that have been cursed and um, just had some undesirable effects to those who looked at it oh my god and you decided to put the pictures on there yeah i put the pictures so don't look at them too hard (laughs) oh god okay i'm not gonna but i don't think they will affect you like i think you have to see the actual painting actual painting okay okay i looked at it so nothing has happened to me so far that's good the first one is the anguished man and there's actually no um person who created this it's unknown um and it is one of the most haunted paintings in the world. Um, and it has accumulated many scary stories. Um, no one knows exactly who painted the piece, but it's known that the artist mixed his blood into the paint. And after the 
painting was finished um, committed suicide. So as you can see, the oh. painting has a lot of shades of red. Wow, very uh, <laughs> disturbing. A rough start. <laughs> no wonder it's haunted. Wow. Mm. So I'm blood. guessing, like, if you maybe that was someone's blood. Would yeah the oh the picture yeah. Okay, so the photo, for those who are not saying, it's like a photo of a man with his mouth wide open. <laughs> Maybe it's what the painter was feeling. Oh, yeah. Um, But that's so creepy. Like, why would you use your own blood? Yeah, um, clearly this guy's um on something, but uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, I've actually seen Art. videos of this painting. Like, someone actually, oh. I think, owned it or something. And they like I, I remember in the video like someone had it in their attic and like you could like see smoke around the painting because no like way. it was yeah like it actually like moved Ew. and stuff. It's very creepy. Yeah, like it actually like haunts the area where I think wherever it is. Like I, I think oh that's god. what it is. Very creepy. Yeah. Oh my god, I can't imagine that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the current owner um, called Sean Robinson. He inherited it from his grandmother, so it's a really old painting and obviously it's cursed um he hung up the piece in his bedroom i don't know why and the family started hearing whispering and crying at night and seeing a shadowy figure oh my god so yeah i don't know why would you want to hang that in your bedroom that's like inviting something <laughs> yeah actually the video that i saw was of him actually recording it like it was in his house or whatever very creepy oh that's yeah. we need a story yeah, yeah it was yeah. yeah very like I strange i wonder what happened like if he kept it i think he moved it to like some sort of storage space or something mm. like he i don't think he has it anymore in his house but like yeah i mean i i wouldn't want that either like that's so disturbing <laughs> like insane very creepy yeah like you can hear noises and stuff yeah, that's one of the most haunted paintings in the world, and I can see why. Wow. Uh, the oh second one, it also has no name, uh, but it is painted by a Polish painter, and I'm gonna I'm gonna try to say his name, but Big Bekskinski. Um, and it's very unique. Um, if you look at it, you can see like a lot of skulls, oh, uh, and like skeletons just like running and like a face oh my god you can see like multiple masks or like faces around and people have yeah. said that this um uh, is like a painting of hell oh. um <laughs> and he didn't put title to his paintings and it was reported that he burned a selection of them in his backyard without showing anyone um, and his life was surrounded by tragedy too. His wife died in 1998 and his son committed suicide a year later, I think because of this painting, I don't know. And then six years later, the artist was found murdered in his apartment. Um, and people believed that when you look at the painting for a long time, you will die. I'm not looking at this. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not the real, real, I'm sure a photo, I don't know. I wonder where, like, that curse came and then, like, why is the painting haunted? Like, he got yeah, murdered? Like, he didn't even name it, and he was burning his painting. So, obviously, he was trying to maybe put a curse on it or... Or maybe he already, like, out of vengeance, he, like, you know, was like, okay, I'm just going to make all my paintings, like, cursed or something. Yeah, I don't know. But it's just so creepy looking. Like, a lot of people just trying to escape. 
no idea very abstract art <laughs> yeah. humans are so creative yeah, yeah and like think, how a good and like, bad way <laughs> you just create this out of your like imagination or something you're not in the right mind i guess right mind i don't know it's is art art subjective art Oh, for sure. I think art is, yeah. it's like everybody has like their own interpretation of it, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like it's like everything like that you see internally kind of like comes out in like a physical form. So I guess this is like their way of like bringing out whatever's in their head and like what they're imagining exactly. or feeling. <laughs> and, like taking it out. Be like, here you go. Like, you know? So maybe he like felt like the need to escape something. Yeah. I don't know. And he maybe felt it like, was, he, like he had. Sorry, I just thought it was, like, his agony, maybe. Like, because you said he had so much mm-hmm. tragedy and stuff. So maybe, like, that's mm-hmm. why. It's like he's embodying it. And yeah, really this different. painting could be made after all the tragedies, too. Oh, really? I don't know. I didn't say, but it could be. I mean, it feels like it because he talks about death a lot. So, I mean, maybe that's, like, it, like, bothered him so much that, like, you know, he, like, thought about it that way. I wonder why he got murdered. Like, I don't know if it was related to anything. Exactly. I don't know. That's so weird. So interesting. (laughs) Like, Uh, why was he even murdered? Like, maybe, I don't know. Maybe that person who murdered him, like, cursed it or something. Yeah. Maybe. The plot twist. Interesting. I have to look more into it. But um, the third one, The Rain Woman by Savitlana. Oh, I don't like this one. (laughs) Gives you off vibes. Oh, yeah, it's just, um, it's, it's actually kind of nice. No, I, I don't know. I just feel like that person can just be like popped up, pop up in real life. Like the eyes just open. Pop up in real life. Just, I don't know, like just the way she's dressed and like the eyes. I don't even want to look at it. I don't want to look at it. Oh my God. Um, but this has a very unique uh, background behind it. So, she revealed that when she finished the picture in about five hours, that's like insane. And she all while feeling a hand was guided by someone else. So I don't think she actually painted this. Whoa. And it was possessed yeah. or something? What the heck? Yeah, like someone else was guiding her hand. <laughs> a painting extraordinaire demon? Wow. <laughs> Uh, talented, maybe. Very talented. I don't know. Hotel Trivago. <laughs> and everyone who owned the painting returned it, obviously, and complained of insomnia, feelings of sadness, and being watched. Then they go, yeah, I'm like, so I don't like those feelings at yeah. all. But it looks like more peaceful than the other ones. I don't know. Or is like, it's it? Not too much. Is it? Um, is is it that peaceful? what they want you to no, that feel? Looks cursed. No, that looks cursed to me. It looks cursed to me. Yeah, it's like unsettling when you look yeah. at it. There's like streaks coming down her horns too. It doesn't look as violent as the other ones, but it's definitely like it's not unsettling. Violent, but it's definitely unsettling. It has like a different vibe to it, but it's just bad. Like it, it doesn't feel good. Yeah, it's like a calm bad. That's what I get from it. Like someone's like really bad, but it's like really it's calm like about depressing. it. It's like a sinister like Yeah. Thing. Like a rainy, depressing yeah. feeling. <laughs> Bad. Uh, um, so the fourth one is called Man Proposes, God Disposes nice. by Edwin Henry. <laughs> um, 
the painting uh, has a very gruesome scene. It shows if you see like polar bears, uh, they're like eating something. So the picture just... is um, currently at University of London and it, where it's covered with a union flag every exam season. And the reason behind this is because in 1970s, one student um, committed suicide after staring at the painting. Um, no way. And he allegedly left a note saying the polar bears made me do it. Damn. Wow. Yeah. I wonder what they saw in that painting, like, to do that. It looks so vicious. Like, yeah, it's very violent. Like, literally will kill humans without any thought, if you not know that. Like, yeah, they're pretty scary. scary. Yeah. Yeah, they just will not kill, like... You may think they're cute, but they just will literally... Just... They're not like the Coca-Cola commercials, okay, guys? No, no, it's... They're they will literally kill you. No, they're cute. Yeah, they no, are They cute. literally <laughs> kill you. What? <laughs> but, like, he committed suicide after looking at the painting. The That's, like, intense. And even the note, like... What? Damn. And other students reported feeling uneasy and upset while sitting next to it. Girl, <laughs> that is not fun. No. Um, the fifth one, The Hands Resist Him by Bill Stoneham. Um, he painted it in 1972, but in February of 2000, very recent, it became known as the eBay Haunted Painting. Um, the painting was described as haunted because previous owners reported that characters in the painting would move at night oh to God. the point of completely leaving the frame. So the wow. painting is Stop. two children and they would leave the frame. It's a boy and a girl. It's like yeah. something out of Harry Potter. Like I remember like in the movies, you can like see the people leaving those paintings or whatever. I don't know why I thought this of that. This painting looks very modern. It almost looks like a photograph. It does. Yeah. But the faces of the children look so scary. Oh, I don't want to look at the bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, the painter of the piece also claims that both the owner of the gallery in which the painting was first displayed and the art critic who reviewed the painting died within a year after looking at the photo. What? That's crazy. Dang. Uh, yeah. Wow. Like, what? Like, so I guess they come out and kill you then. <laughs> if they come out of their painting oh my god it's That's just like why level. would it be so like haunting it's literally two kids i mean yeah. they're not even like that weirdly i don't know like it's just the girl's face looks a bit scary yeah it looks like doll like imagine you're just like an art critic just like looking at it and then you just died <laughs> exactly like wow okay like, how does and this even can... happen, though? Like, are, like, why are people, like, cursing these paintings? Oh, my God. What? what? <laughs> so, so scary. Man, I'm so sad. dangerous to be like, art critic. You can just, like, buy art and not know, like, it's haunted. Damn. I mean, for people who want to buy art, I guess double check. Do your research. Do your research. <laughs> Everything. Be careful. Yeah. If you know the artist, that's a plus, though. So. So the next one is The Dead Mother by Edward Munch. Um, so the painter behind this is also the author of the famous The Scream piece, if anyone knows oh. that. Um, you, you, do you mm -hmm. know? Like the guy with his hands to his face? 
like oh, oh okay yes yeah. yes yes um <laughs> um the subjects in the painting you can see a dead mother and her child possibly re- representing the devastating consequences of tuberculosis a disease that devastated scandinavia um and Many reported that the eyes of the child seem to follow them, and some say at times you can hear the sheets of the bed rustle. Ooh. Yeah. And the last one, it has no name, and it's by Laura P. And she painted this piece while referencing James Kidd's photograph that he took in 1994. And the image contained a wagon and a headless figure that you can see on the left side mm-hmm. um, and he's believed to be known as a ghost um, the painter as if possessed by some power recreated the painting without thinking why she was doing it um, and after it was finished the artist reported many unfortunate events happening around the painting papers going missing mysterious leaks objects falling and breaking and um, some people believe that the spirit capsule kept captured in the original photograph is haunting the painting so it was created she didn't even know she was doing it and then the ghost was like there with oh from the photograph itself yeah the headless figure has no head yeah i oh my it just looks kind of normal but then there's like some weird like off thing about it that just like trips you up that's scary that like it came from the photo like it attached itself to Mm -hmm. the painting just because she like drew it like that's so weird yeah i didn't think about that like like the paint like ghosts can or like i don't know what they can just like create their own haunted painting because the painters like yeah there's multiple of them who don't even know what they're doing you're just not conscious of it. you're just like going through it and you're just painting they like possess themselves yeah wow so weird oh my god so scary so my takeaway is definitely look like not look at the paintings but like make sure you're buying the right paintings and like (laughs) just analyze it for a bit if something looks off if something Uh, looks yeah just bad vibes don't trust paintings because they're mm. creepy. I mean, just Maybe because just it's buy like... flowers. <laughs> just buy like simple paintings. Yeah. Or... And all of this have like people in it, or except the polar bear, but like hmm. they're all representing people. something. So just don't buy paintings that have living creatures in it. Just buy like yeah. a plant, like a picture of a tree, or a painting of a tree. <laughs> yeah. Um, so lastly, I want to conclude by going through some books and manuscripts. Um, and back in the day, people actually cursed books to warn off potential thieves. I don't know how they how wow. they connected that. It's a very um, interesting way to warn people off. Right? <laughs> um, the first one is the orphan story, and it's um, it tells the story of an adventure of an orphan boy who travels from Spain to the colonies and it's believed to be written by Martin um, in the early 1600s. The book's journey to publication that the curse comes in. Um, It was edited and published back in 2018, very recent, and people um, 
it was being warned that people who worked on it on the manuscript have died um and the curse proved not to be just a tale out of a school when the scholar dug into the accounts of um, what happened before who was working on the manuscript she found that several people who worked on the manuscript indeed died um one from a strange disease one in a car accident and another of something else um this made wow. me really scared to not read like random ancient manuscripts anymore um the orphan story that just seems depressing on its own right but like what if you're just reading a story like from back then yeah what the heck like you find this all over in libraries Mm -hmm. and this is like recent like the people Mm -hmm. the people that were working on it it's recent exactly um the second one is the Voynich manuscript and um so nobody really knows what the document is or what it translates into which is very confusing it's like it doesn't make sense um it's the most mysterious book in the world some people believe that um and it's believed to be written in the early 15th century um the purpose of the book remains unknown as well as the author um and in no small part because the handwritten manuscript is entirely um an unknown language um what the heck? Where so is scary it from? do you know I where this is know. from the voyage it sounds like europe it maybe? sounds like europe i don't know why it just makes me think of sweden <laughs> midsummer <laughs> oh my god yeah like it just there's like a bunch of plants okay people say possibly italy Italy. oh wow oh, wow possibly, possibly. i don't know possibly. <laughs> um oh, so a polish book dealer discovered the manuscript in 1912 and it was not only until 1969 that they wrote a handwritten copy of it and it's currently at the library the of yale university mm-hmm. um and it's studied by countless scholars and linguists and in hopes of cracking the code of this mysterious book. What does it mean? What does it tell us? Um, And besides frustrating experts who have tried to go through this, um, it has claimed that the mysterious manuscript brings bad luck, but they have not, those who um, are studying it at Yale have not seemed to possess that. So I guess the mystery behind this is just what is it telling us? What is the meaning of it i don't think it's actually cursed or maybe like if you unscribe it or like actually understand it then you're cursed you know then it happens oh my god this just looks so like interesting like this is like harder than the like zodiac killers like notes yeah yeah but the thing is it's like a bunch of plants like it doesn't look scary is the language like what is it like is it like is it like an unknown character or like i think it's just words it's some european like, language is it like yeah is it like um in english like english or latin style i have or no idea like another like different characters like arabic or um uh japanese or something i have no idea um, 
It just looks like words. Yeah, it's like some alien language or something. Oh, bro, it could be. But like, who language. would write that? Like, who would the drawings? I have no idea. Like, who are Anything? they writing it for? Like, if if exactly. nobody knows the language, then does like, it look like it's? Why would you write like a, a language that is so different? Maybe because you want to understand it by yourself, and you're like, oh, okay, I want to create a new language. And you're just like creating like an old little almanac or whatever um, encyclopedia for plants. <laughs> but like, imagine like the like, effort to like make a new language yeah. and then it's, write a whole book with it. You it's know, so yeah, old I mean, too. People want people were ambitious. They want to like make like, you know in the 15th century. They have a lot of time on their hands if they want to do that. <laughs> what Bruh? do I don't gotta maybe maybe. Yeah. Wow. Or maybe um, it's like a demon language or something. Like they just maybe. like there's like a cult or something that we and don't the, know about. The scary thing is we don't know who wrote this. We don't even yeah. know how it came about. But then how did they find it? That's that's thing. true. Yeah, how did they find like, it? Like they had to find it somewhere re- relative to that location, right? Yeah. I have no idea. So I just searched it up. Um, it consists of 240 pages, and there's evidence that additional pages are missing. Oh, shit. Whoa. It might honestly be a cult, like a cult book or Maybe. Something. And they maybe, like, disguised it as, like, some innocent thing, like, whatever, but it's actually scary. Oh, my God. It was discovered in a castle in southern Europe. Oh, nice. That's scary. A wow. castle. A castle. People are like wanting to decode this. Yeah, there's so many weird images that come from it. Yeah, I'm looking it up. It's like a bunch of plants. That or just what if they're so just weird. what if they're just talking about gardening? There's no, there's people too. You know what I mean? There's like pictures of people and oh yeah, and I see that places and like naked people. Wow, um, this is a interesting book. And some of the like, I don't even think some of these plants exist anymore. Or whatever. Yeah, they don't look like real plants, bro. What no. is this like enchanted book? Like it's so weird. Enchanted <laughs> book. It's no fairy tale for sure. Open the gate. Um. But lastly, to conclude, the last one, the scariest one, um, Tomino's Hell, as you can see the picture it already looks like hell (laughs) um and this isn't a book it's actually a single poem and the poem was written by Sai Joyaso um and it was published in 1990 um in Sakin and over the years the poem has attained an airy reputation with many claiming that if you read it out loud, it would invite illnesses, car accidents, and a feeling of evil lurking around your home and even death. Um, um, that's not nice. Don't <laughs> read it. In, in 1974, um, Suji, I think, made a movie called To Die in the Countryside. And he was reportedly inspired by the poem and within a decade he died at the age of 47 a victim of some liver disease and um some claim that it was because of the poem um but like it was a decade later so i don't know oh yeah that's like to, to assume 
since it was so long after. (laughs) But like the photo is so unsettling. Unsettling. Was that included with the poem? Yeah. Oh damn. That's like the photo of it. That looks like a cursed painting to be honest. (laughs) Like you can literally Google it and if you say it out loud like that like don't do it but like it's just so easy to like get haunted. Sam, I'm not doing that. Um, our listeners, please don't do this. Okay. Yeah. Please. <laughs> but yeah, that's about it. That's all I have. Sam, um, I'm really scared for our lives. Um, I guess to take away, just uh, be careful out there, and you might think it's the house, but it just might be something that you're not even uh thinking about too deeply and so i guess maybe do a cleanse around your house and or mm-hmm. or cleanse around like each object that you bought and maybe do your own audit of what you bought and if it's doing good for your life and if it's not uh maybe it's a sign to remove it and be careful with like your objects that you own like when you give other people or you're like you're giving it away always like say thank you for like the good energy it has brought you and you didn't want to you don't want it to like give any bad energy to anyone else just like cleanse it before you give it away yeah and i mean you know just make sure that i mean i personally would avoid you know any those like antique stores but yeah just be careful about that and i guess don't be you know don't think that just because you're in a haunted house doesn't mean like you know no objects are surrounding that so i guess you know that kind of is it brings about the mystery of like what really like what is haunting and how does it even happen and even people can manifest these things on their own too so it's a very interesting take on all this yeah i think we had a really good episode this was like a bit different than what we usually talk about it's like real life stuff <laughs> this was scary this was really sure. scary uh, um this was just yeah a lot of unknown but thank you guys for listening um we hope you enjoyed this episode and connect with us on twitter soon we might have some other exciting stuff coming out Uh, make sure to check us out on twitter and our website and just keep subscribing and listening every other friday and we hope to see you in the next episode send us some love thanks bye guys stay safe bye guys